Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. The compete level, um, enough visuals were there. The compete wasn't, wasn't, wasn't there. And, and, uh, you know, you look at the two goals that we did score in the third period, Ocposo and Greenway, Greenway and that front and both, and pretty simple, like I said, enough visuals in that game. Um, you get to the net, you get rewarded. You don't get rewarded, you don't get to the net. You lose puck battles, and, um, you know, again, the third period, you, you saw a, a, difference, a difference in that regard, and that was a difference in the whole game. Opportunity to gain ground in the Eastern Conference last night goes by the board. There's nine points separating Buffalo from the final playoff spot right now with 35 games to go, including tonight in Los Angeles against the beleaguered Kings. Welcome into Sabres Live with Marty. I'm Brian. Um, it was a, uh, as we've seen quite a few times, um, a stronger finish, but uh, nowhere close to, as Don Granado just pointed out, uh, the engagement that they would have needed throughout the entirety of 60 minutes last night in Anaheim. If uh, Jacques Lemaire was coaching uh, the Sabres last night, he would never have pulled his goalie. He would have said, you guys don't work enough at five on five or on the power play to get a goal. I'm not pulling the goalie, giving you a chance to get a goal. I'm not mm-hmm. doing it. That was Jacques Lemaire back in the days, right? And yep. And yes, I get the Sabres had a terrible second period. It, the Anaheim Dogs got 19 shots in that second period. It was the most in any periods they had played this season. And look, it, it, we've been through this now with the Sabres. And when they don't compete, and Don Granado's word, they did not compete. And when they have a lull, like after the second goal, it was 2 nothing Anaheim. The game's not over. It's 2 nothing. Compete. Mm-hmm. Work. Try to get back into the game. They had a lull, and they didn't get it back until the third period. Um, late we, in the third period. Late in, late in the third period. I think yeah. that's where there's a little bit of misleading going on. I feel like um, I, I was surprised that it took that long in the third period. Um, yeah. And really, you know what? The, the one moment that I got energized a little bit in the third period, it wasn't even an offensive moment. It was Matthias Samuelson, two block shots and a penalty kill. He gave himself up. He took it in the arm, took it in the back leg. He struggled to get back to the bench. Then mm-hmm. it, the, the next shift... He he is on the ice. He goes for a change and the puck stayed around. There was a turnover in the neutral zone. He had to stay a little longer. And you could see that he was, he was struggling. He was, he was hurting, but he stayed in battle. Then I was like, oh, there's a compete. There's a battle there, but it's not 
going to help you get goals. It's not going to help you get back in the game when you're down three nothing at that point. So yeah, it was it was hard. It was hard to watch. And and again, I felt that there wasn't any jump. There wasn't any speed in the game. And mm-hmm. so last night, I really, really was watching the game, trying to figure out: is it the forward that are waiting at the far blue line? Or is it the D that's not moving the puck quick enough? And I think it's both, to be honest. With I you, was like, going to say, I was going to jump in and give you both there. And the Ryan Callahan I... did a breakdown during the intermission and was like, look, uh, you know, you've got, I, I think it was Casey Middlestat with it the was puck. On the, on the giveaway, yeah. On the giveaway. But he's like, you got two players at the far blue line and I'd like to see them come together and whatnot. But I'm also thinking, okay, but. Yeah, that's happened. That that happens not only with Casey Mills, that that happens with Dallin and Power where they hang on to the puck and they're like mm-hmm. looking up and the D's are uh, are slow to move the puck, but the forwards are too far. And then when you make the pass, you're making the pass to standing still forward and there was zero four check in the game because you don't have speed. And every time the puck got below the goal line in Anaheim, um, their their defense got the puck. They looked up. They didn't have any pressure. They were able to skate, make a pass, and whoop, you're out. Like it was, it was a combination of being too slow to make the pass, being too far up the ice, then no forecheck, and then rinse and repeat, right? And then they and came back at you. You have done a really, really um, consistent, masterful job of kind of teaching us this, especially of late, where you were wanting the puck to move quicker. Remember the one breakdown you did the other day was the one thing you can do off of a face-off play is take advantage and create the speed yeah. that you want the play to happen at when you get possession of the puck. And it was that, you know, in zone draw and you had two guys busting through the neutral zone and you could have sent it all the way down. And these are, these are timing things. And that's where it just, Marty, everything you just said is how I was watching the game mm-hmm. somewhat surprised again. And maybe I shouldn't be, but there were times you had two or three players in the Sabres zone, not really moving. And you had two guys at the far blue, the line, far blue line and you're just like, this is not going to work no matter how good the pass is. And, but if, even if the pass is perfect, what right. is that player going to do with the puck? Exactly. He's standing yeah. still. He's easy to cover. Oh, we'll come over. We'll shade over. Uh, you're hoping that maybe you got somebody that's coming with speed through the middle, but it, it was, it wasn't that. And then, mm-hmm. and, and then Don talks about, and I I agree with the compete, right? The like, did they really? I I was talking to my son after he he had a he had his All Star game last night, so I was watching that at the same well before, and then he had to drive back. So I'm talking to him, and he goes, "Hey, I hear John Gibson's playing pretty well." I'm like, "Uh, yeah, but are they making it hard on John Gibson, right? Like, yeah, Casey got a chance on a bad turnover, and he was right there, but he." You know, shot it at mm-hmm. his right left pad, and they're not yep. making it hard. They're not. They're not getting rebounds. They're not getting you know net front presence until the very end. And there was mm-hmm. one guy that did it. It was Jordan Greenway, and he had to come on the ice from a pool goalie to go six on four, and worked and worked and worked and worked. He went to the corner to get a puck and got a puck retrieval. Then got back to the front of the net and was like basically saying, "Get out of my way! I'm going to stand in front of Gibson." I'm. He was looking behind him. Looking behind him. Where's the goalie at? Screening with a purpose. And then he got the screen, uh, deflection, and then he got the other screen. Like that's, that's, it's not hard. I understand that it's the NHL. Not everything comes easy, but putting those type of working, compete effort 
mm-hmm. um, is is a matter of will, a matter of wanting to get it done. Right. So your guarantee for the road trip uh, is already uh, moot. Um, you said I know I'm I'm guaranteed a, myself a power out. play a power play goal in each game, and the Sabers will go three and zero on the trip. The wise bet would have been. If the Sabres score three empty netters on this trip, they will win all three. I would stick by that, and uh, that's now not possible, as the only team with an empty netter last night were the victorious Anaheim Ducks. So, Buffalo has nine goals for in the last five games. They've now dropped three out of those five games, and... What we also saw was Benson getting two shifts in the third period. Quinn had four. Uh, Middlestad had only two in the first 11 minutes before having five in total in the period. And Paterka mm-hmm. had just four in the second and four in the third. Do you believe that that will lead to any more? Um, I can't really use radical because it's not like they have six guys at their disposal to swap out the lineup. But do you anticipate uh, some significant changes this evening? Um, well, I, I significant. Um do you bring Victor back into the lineup and really like? Well, you have Victor and Eric Robinson up front right now. Yeah, Obviously, but if, I mean, if you missed it I, yesterday, it, Eric Johnson did go on on injured reserve to yeah. allow for Skinner to come back into the lineup. Yeah, so that was kind of a, sw- a swap, right? One guy on IR, one guy comes off, you're fine. Um, okay, Oposo Gergensons and Krebs are not coming out. That's not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I think you can reshuffle your lines up front. And maybe you go back to Quinn Paterka Cousins, and then you have Middlestad, Benson, Greenway. Um, I I think the only the only kind of option that I can see would be saying, "Hey, Zach Benson, we're gonna have you watch a couple of games from the press box. Maybe the one in LA. You get back on Saturday in San Jose. Maybe you put Victor in that spot. Uh, maybe you slide in Robinson. That's really the only thing I see. Look, you're lining up." is what you went in right now thinking that it was going to be your your ace, right? Your your ace in, in your sleeve saying, hey, we're, we got guys back. We got Thompson lines back. We got Cousins line back. We got Middlestat, who's had a, a good season, going to play third line center. And we, you know, got Greenway last year. Like, let's go. This is what we thought it was going to be. So, yeah, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good game for any lines yesterday. And uh, the shot attempts, the only line that generated any shot attempts was the Krebs line. Everybody else, no shot attempts, overpassing, uh, you know, losing turnovers, losing pucks. It was so, I mean, if you single one person out, maybe that's Zach Benson, but it would be more on youth and saying, hey, it hasn't been the best for Benson over the last little bit here. Let's give him a break. Mm-hmm. But singling out Paterka over Quinn or Quinn over Paterka or whatever, I, I don't think that that does anything. Uh, I mean, you're obviously right in, in that way of thinking. It, the problem is, um, as you say, um, there are going, no matter how you shuffle it, you're still going to have the same number of players who are facing the reality of scoring droughts, right? Yes. Yeah. Benson has not scored in 16 Quinn has not scored in eight. eight um you know Tage even has gone five now Tuck has one and six Cousins has two and 13 those are not big numbers and and honestly like I'm always surprised that Owen Power goes as long as he does without goals you know and I I, I get it it's his second year five years from now you're gonna 
have a completely different perspective on it. But I feel like he's capable. There was one shift last night where he like dominated the offensive zone, got in, got a great scoring opportunity. And I feel like those are moments like last night where he can change the game with his puck possession. And I think he can score more than he does, quite frankly. I think he's playing with a very, very low confidence right now. Owen Power is. And Don Granado talked about, you know, where there was this quote. It's a confidence thing right now. You lose your confidence, that's on you. Got to find a way to fight through it. And I think Owen, at mo- there's moments where he's fighting through it, but he's very low on confidence. Um, even some of his decision-making in the defensive zone is a little slow. Like he's always thinking, should I do this or should I do something else? Like there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a little delay. But in the third period, early in the third period, 50 seconds in, he had a glorious chance, right, in the slot, and he's looking back door to, t- to Skinner twice, and it got blocked twice. I'm thinking, just be confident. Be confident. You're well, Owen Power. You're Skinner, first Skinner had pick. one of those moments in the first period um, where he had two yes. shot attempts and opted to pass in both of them from within 10 feet of the goaltender. Yes. And yes. neither pass went through. And I get it. There's a timing involved in coming back into the mix and everything else. But Jeff He looked Skinner for Thompson up. both times, and I was like, uh, with about five minutes left. So, yeah, you're yeah. right. Like he, But, but – Skinner hasn't played in a while, and you know it's pretty he comes good. Um, I recall for watching the game on mute. I, I Amazing, knew, yeah, all the details did I pick up. So I, I, um, I did not do that. I, I watched the game with the sound on and trying to see what people are saying. Uh, obviously, like oh, we I know see what they're that team. I, I know, but we see that it. team every day, so it's like looking to to see what the the perception is on a national level or whatnot. But no, it's. So lack yeah. of confidence and power has those moments too. Uh, mm-hmm. They they all do right now. And the problem is that there's more that have that confidence issue um, than those that don't. Like the power play. All right, like, there you go. We're 12 minutes in, and you wanted to dive in on the power play. So yeah, I mean, have at it. I, I have at it. Like it's it's becoming so. I. I it's becoming too predictable and too easy. And the one thing that I said. On this show a few days ago, I don't remember when it was. It was before my guarantee, which failed, by the way, but that's okay. Uh, is I don't think that you want Tage to be quarterbacking the power play from the left side, have the puck on his stick on the left wall, and then go back to him for one-timers. Like, you already are telling the other team, hey, this is where our setup is, so prepare your defense, how you're going to set up defensively, and then when we come back, you're going to be there, right? Like, I feel like the play has to be to the right side. You have to be on the right side. Either you have Quinn there or Middlestad there. They go back and forth with Dalene. They go down low to Skinner. You got Tuck as a right-handed shot in a bumper. It all is scripted to be to the right side. And then when you need to, then it's like a boxer. You jab, 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 boom. You come out with the right hook, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you come to Thompson. Well, I wouldn't and there's... know, but I'll agree with you, yes. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I I, wouldn't know either. I never want to put in myself in that situation again. Well, ask Darren Drager that question when we talk oh, to gosh. him about it. Yeah. You know, when do you go with the throat punch? That's that's when that's when we need, like, Thompson with the one-timer. So, But there was a couple of times on the power play yesterday where Thompson has the puck on the left side, and he wants the puck. I, I like it. You want the puck. But listen, it's not set up for the left side. Because then he goes to the bumper on Tuck. Tuck is a right-handed shot in the bumper. 
What is he going to do with it? He's, the only thing he can do is give it back to you or go to the point. He can't attack down low. He's a right-handed shot. He's on his, like, he catches it. He'd have to turn his body fully over and open up for the shot. Skinner is a left-handed shot on the goal line. He, he can't present his stick in a position where the passing lane is open. Mm-hmm. He's a left-handed shot. His stick blade is closer to the net. It's easy to defend. So when Thompson has the puck on the power play, it's easy to defend. You got to go away from Tage on the power play and you got to attack the middle of the ice so that you can draw more players to the middle and then you can go to Tage Thompson. But right now they don't have high danger chances on the power play. They barely get any rebounds, any screens on the power play and they're looking for Tage, but it's easy to defend because you started there and then you come back there. Yeah, it hasn't changed much um, analytically speaking. Um of course, last night they go one for three, so their percentage goes up. And in actual fact, they have scored more in the last three weeks on the power play than they had scored in the previous three weeks and so on and so on. It's not making a difference. And obviously, it doesn't make a difference too much when you're in a 3-0 hole in the back half of the third period. They have the lowest expected goals for percentage on the power play this year. Yeah. Now, why would that be? It's because they're not creating high danger chances on the power play. And we, to resist repeating ourselves, we have stayed off of this kind of numerology and breaking down statistically the power play because we all see it. But sometimes you just need to be reminded that, you know, they have the fewest high danger chances for and the fewest high danger power play goals this year. Mm -hmm. So, whether they're sitting at 14% or a league worst 10%, the fact of the matter is it's, it's like we're all seeing it. And that's, I think, what's frustrating. And I'm sure, look, we all go through these cycles in life where you feel like you're spinning your wheels and you can't get out of it. And I have to assume that that's what those guys are feeling right now, despite like thinking differently, hearing different approaches. Sometimes you get out there and unintentionally do the same thing. Yeah, and, no, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a huge problem here, right? And now. that was a, a huge Don Granado thing when he first took over as interim coach and then head coach. He says we have to break some of those, you know, automatic responses, yeah. right? The yeah. the automatic patterns that that you build. And I think right now, because everybody's squeezing, you revert to those automatic responses, which are not working this year. They're just right. not. You know, I look at yesterday, for example, first period in Stars Red Wings. There's three power play goals being scored. It's 2-1 for the Red Wings after fur, the first. It's Jamie Benn on, in the crease, right, on the backdoor play. He's literally like his feet are in the crease when he gets the puck, right? It's mm-hmm. That's a high danger. Jens, that's, that's about as high as high danger is going to get. You're three feet from the goal line, right? David Perron attacking the side of the net. But it wasn't a great goal by Jake Ottinger, but... You had a guy parked right there at the edge of the crease, and you had another Detroit Red Wings on the back door at the edge of the crease. So you had two guys right around it. And then to bring it on a really nice play by Sprong. So you're saying, okay, sometimes you need skills and make those type of passes, and the Brinkett comes in and cleans up the, the, the garbage. But two out of the three are about as simple as you're going to get, is you get bodies around the crease, and you put it to the net, and you bang and crash, and you see what happens. Yeah. Um, the Red Wings broadcast, by the way, it, it can it is really the dynamic between <laughs> Ken and Mickey is yeah. amazing. But the interchangeable parts, and boy, do they love their former goalies on that uh, 
network as well. But I got to tell you, I was thinking of you and I wanted to apologize to you. <laughs> what? If, if I have, and I'm sure I have, put you in such an uncomfortable, awkward spot when coming out of a break, because one never knows what the other person's going to say, right? To yeah. tee it up. So John Keating, I love him. I mean, he's been hosting Red Wings hockey for so long. <laughs> and this was after a period where Dallas dominated. And it was the hints and Wyatt Johnston show last night. Yes. So Keating is working with Jimmy Howard. Now, Jimmy doesn't have as many reps as Osgood, right? Yeah. So he's not likely to have a like a witty comeback. <laughs> Keating starts the segment by saying, well, I'm not in the baby business anymore. And like, you can see this, like, <laughs> poor Jimmy's like, <laughs> and then Keating proceeds to be like, well, you know, like if I was to have a, a baby boy, like maybe Rope is a, is a good is name. A good name? <laughs> and poor Jimmy lets out this exhale, like, <sighs> I had no idea where you were going with this. <laughs> oh man. I was like, oh, the number of times I must have put you in this position. So anyway. Well, I, but anyway, go back to the power play. That's what it is. <laughs> like, look at Kucherov yesterday on the power play, right? He, he oh, gets the king of empty netters too. Coop uh, threw him a hat trick. Got him he, a, feeds, he got the second empty netter last night to pile on. Yeah, after Hagel had got one, he got the second one. And they were looking for him. They put him on the ice just so he could get his hat trick. But then, you know, like you need skills. The Sabres have skills. They have Darlene. They have Thompson. They have Skinner. They have Tucky. They have skills on the power play. But you need that skill to get to the right location and to be in the right setup. Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm telling you, like that's – I'm watching the game last night. I'm thinking a power play goal and 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 more from your top guys. Obviously, Thompson wants to produce – Cousins wants to produce. They're not. It's not really getting to where they want it to be. But the power play would simply help that, would just simply help that. If they could get on the power play and feel confident and then carry that into their five-on-five, five, it'd make the world of difference. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. But the one thing that has also gotten very quiet for them is five-on-five five scoring. Um, yeah. the, here's the here's the matchup tonight. It's uh, Buffalo and L.A. The Kings have just two wins in the last 13 games. So over those 13 games, the Kings have 17 goals for at mm -hmm. five on five. So barely over a goal a game. That ranks 30th in that period of time. Well, the Sabres yeah. have 18 five on five goals in that same calendar window in two fewer games played. So <laughs> like they, they, they just, they're not, they're well under two at five on five right now in this recent run yeah. after the much talked about, Hey, at least this team is producing at five on five. That's not happening right now. So when you combine it all, it's no wonder that the Sabres aren't gaining ground right now in the race for a playoff spot. And obviously LA at the very least their, uh, their um, saving grace has been that they've been going to overtime. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. But they're two, six, and five in the last 13. And Cam Talbot has gone winless in eight, despite the fact he got an all-star knot. Now, uh, obviously, Dan's coming up at the bottom, but we do want to talk yeah. about some, um, you know, obviously, um, news within the hockey world um, and not in the hockey world. But TSN reporting. Five players have been directed to report to London, Ontario police for sexual assault charges. This stems back to a 2018 incident. Um, I think many of you are probably familiar uh, with the ongoing investigation. The fact that the case appeared to be relatively closed and then it was, you know, reopened. It has led to dramatic changes within the Hockey Canada infrastructure um, from the top all the way down. And in very, you know, short time, presumably, um, the five players uh, will be identified clearly. Um, There's plenty of speculation out there based on players who are not with their current teams at the moment. Um, It it is, um, it's incredibly sad to read, first of all, that the incident happened, but to also read how it has gone from a timeline standpoint and how we are this are removed yes from such a terrible incident and i mean you can only hope here especially after everything that was done from an investigative reporting standpoint that ultimately led you know to the hawks um you know scandal uh, inappropriate uh, dealings all of it like it's just, this is, I mean, Marty, you've, as you can tell, this is really hard. Like, I think back to when I was very young and not even in this business yet, and how big the Graham James, you know, yeah. incident was. And, you know, Theron Flurry also, you know, talked so openly. Uh, about so issues Kennedy, in junior hockey, Sheldon, Sheldon Kennedy, Kennedy of the, course, the Sheldon yeah. was the one that, that you know, um, really found the courage to speak. I, don't, I realize these are different 
but they're also very similar in how they <clears throat> shake the game down. Yeah. And um, I just hope that justice somehow finally finds its way to the forefront here, but it doesn't undo what the victim has had to endure here. No, and and you know, to be fair, um, there is, as you say, a lot of speculation, and we'll wait to see when those reports come out from the London police and the names come out. There's a great, um, and I say great. There's a really well done article in the Athletic that was written by Katie Strang and um, one other writer, and I'm sorry I don't have the name there, but it basically goes into. Um, what what happened how this all came together and what happened and this the the situation that that arose from it um but it also took six years i mean that is a long time in that time frame hockey canada settled a basically out of court uh lawsuit uh for multiple millions of dollars mm -hmm. with that um young female that um you know came forward with the um, allegations and and so there's a lot that has been happening in in that time frame but it's been six years it's about time mm -hmm. that we get a resolution to what has been a really really um tough place for young young people to to see like friends of that young girl right and say mm -hmm. hey we'll support you we'll help you in this and that it's been a long time right and the nature of anything um at this degree of most likely criminal activity um is knowing when or being able to ever say when is the right time to to step up and have a voice is the hardest thing we've seen it time and time and time and time again and you mentioned katie strang i mean think of beyond hockey, the number of investigative reports she has been conducting in other sports that have these same built-in issues of, you know, abuse. And I get it. This is a little bit different. It's not systemic per se within, you know, a dressing room or something like well, that. The Larry Nassar thing, she wrote right, about that, the yeah, Michigan yeah. State doctor right. and the uh, gymnastic team USA doctor. Yeah. And all the but the point uh, is it's it's so hard for the victim <clears throat> to ever yeah. feel like they're going to be believed, and that's you know so we'll see where this goes. Obviously, uh, our friends at TSN have uh, you know Rick Westhead, Rick is Westhead just, yeah. has been just one of the the leaders in in this kind of investigative reporting, and um, and we'll know more uh, as details come out. But um, tough uh, topic, but. Uh, definitely one that obviously is, um, you know, for people that follow the game, they they would uh, they would know that this is um, this is well beyond the the parameters of the uh, the ice surface for sure. Dan's next here. It's the Sabers and the Kings on a game night. Buffalo back to back in California, of course, last night falling short in Anaheim for two. They'll look to rebound against the Kings tonight. Stay with us on Sabers Live. Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. 
Sabres fell in Anaheim last night uh, 4-2 the final. They'll try it again tonight against the Kings. That's where Dan is to call the game tonight with Rob here on MSG and WGR. Uh, Dan, Marty, and I were just talking about um, the unfortunate reality of these slow starts and the negative first period goal differential. Um, how did you see it unfold last night? Because a lot of people after are talking more about the second period, but obviously yeah. a, be- a better first period could have maybe changed the tone too. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, the better start against an Anaheim team that just came off a game uh, against the Rangers that they got off to a 2 nothing start in. I mean, you know they're capable of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this, listen, we've all seen it from this organization. I'm going to say, unfortunately, over the past number of years, that even when you're the team that nobody expects to, at the end of 60 minutes, pick up two points, at some point in the game, you're going to put up a fight. So I agree with you. I think the start of the game, even though the focus is on the second period, mm-hmm. which became kind of, to me, a, a snowball of they just couldn't turn it. And I think they thought they could, you know, uh, Rob talked to Ryan Johnson, um, you know, albeit a, a rookie and a young player, we were obviously having him on to talk about his dad being there, but, you know, we did ask him about what the team liked about the first period, kind of cliche question, but what they felt they needed to get to Brian to flip that switch that you're kind of referring to. And he said, Hey, we, we trust our game. We think we're getting there. We just need to keep doing what we're doing. That obviously wasn't working. And, you know, for the veterans of the group, that's the message I, I'm going to assume that they're delivering on a nightly basis, just to keep an even keel, whether you're up three nothing or down three nothing. But um, I agree with you that the start wasn't there, and I think after the game, listening to the comments from the players and the coaches uh, in the room and in the hallway outside the room, anytime you hear discussion about not necessarily not ready to play, but emotion not being there till the final five or six minutes. I mean, the realization of where you are and where you want to be and the amount of time on the clock that's left and that clock being number of mm-hmm. games in the season, mm-hmm. it is desperation time for for everybody. So that's kind of the mystery here a little bit um, or the learning curve that this team was, albeit most of it still young, figuring out that off of a really good year last year. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That doesn't happen all the time, and you got to find a way out of it. And I agree with you again. I know I made this long answer, but that first period, they could have made life a lot easier on themselves. Yeah. What was the feeling yesterday morning? Because you talk about, you know, Tage Thompson's dad is on the Anaheim ba- bench, Ryan Johnson's dad is on the, the Anaheim bench uh, and staff. Um, you got Ryan Miller at practice. You got Craig Anderson there. Like, was there a, a good feeling, a good buzz? Because I thought three for three, this trip, you go three <laughs> for three, you score a power play goal in every game, you get yourself going the right direction. So was there a good buzz at the morning skate yesterday? Was it quiet? Huh. Like, what was funny, it like? It's funny you should say the word buzz. I did tweet a picture of all the seats in section 420 uh, before the game, just for a laugh. So it's good that you mentioned that yeah. word. So there was, a, you know, and actually to that point, yeah, there was, to be honest with you. Um, during the Anaheim skate, I was out, you know, talking with uh, Anaheim writers and reporters as we always do, right, for our job and kind of getting up to speed with kind of the little storylines that we're not maybe seeing and out in the open there with the team. And then afterwards went down outside the Anaheim room and uh, went into the room briefly, but then hung outside the room because that's when Tage's dad and when Ryan's dad just kind of walked out and I introduced myself to both of them mm-hmm. um, and had really, really great conversations about how excited they were to be playing against their sons. Yes, how kind of weird it was that both, you know, it was happening on the same night for for two dads and, and, and the sons. But then we got to talking, you know, uh, Tage's dad and I about Tage's game. And that was kind of an interesting conversation to have with his dad. 
where do you think his game is at? He's asking me and, and I'm asking him and here he is a coach of the opposing team that's trying to not, ha- you know, limit his success. Uh, and then I'd not met Ryan Johnson's dad before yesterday. So that was uh, a really good conversation just talking about his instinctual play with the puck and his confidence for a guy so early in his NHL career um, through moments of both learning and success on the ice and playing with guys like Rasmus Dahlin in his first game in Carolina and the storyline that um, Craig brought up there. So, and then to see Ryan in the hallway, you guys have been around Ryan every time he shows up more than I have. And it's just great to see him. And he's just such, you know, at this point in life, obviously the pressure of the games, it's not there. So he's kind of laid back and he's sharing stories. Craig Anderson pops around the corner. They share their hellos and they're kind of, you know, whatever interactions they're having down the hallway, but the players through all that, Marty, they're just kind of going about their business, getting ready for the game. But I, I did notice that, you know, both Tage and Ryan were obviously very aware of the questions that were going to come to them and, and the conversation that was going to be around. I don't know if that bled through the entire team, uh, to your point, because then maybe that would have led to, as Brian mentioned, a first period where it's, hey, <laughs> those two guys' dads are on the bench. We are not losing this game. And the first 20 minutes, we're going to make a statement um, as a group for them. So I don't know well, if that's players what players can put money on the board, but coaches can't. So I think there yeah. should have been a little bit more an incentive for the, the Sabres to say, hey, Tage and Ryan are putting money on the board. Their dads can't because that's a circumvention of the cap. So let's go. Let's go get it. And it didn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah, well, our dads were right when we were growing up as kids all the time, right? Until we got smart enough or the rebel in us showed up and we said, no, actually, you're not right, dad. You're wrong on this one. Last night should have been, dad, you're wrong. We're right. Um, yeah. But hey, I don't know. It's once around it the other time. Way. Yeah, yeah, I went the other well, way. A lot of kum- a lot of kumbaya instead of I'm gonna maybe smack you in the face. In I'll the put this period. one out for both of you, given that uh, all three of them, and this was you know has been well documented and was obviously statistically shown in the vivid ESPN graphics last night. Um, just the point production or lack thereof of three players who had career years last year, and they all play on the same line. And I'm wondering what you would do with Thompson, Skinner, and Tuck right now. Marty, if you want to start, as far as do you continue to keep them together as often as you do, or do you try to give all three of them some sort of different, fresh look that somehow may help the entirety of this group? I would keep them together, and I would put them in their hands and say, that's on you. You will give you tools, but, you know, yes, Thompson missed sometimes, Tuck missed sometimes, Skinner missed sometimes. Have they been together for a long extended period of time, all three of them? Not as much, um, but I would keep them together. I would say it's on you right now. I figure it out. Just like a goalie going through a bad spell and you say, you're going back in the net, man. It's on you. You figure it out. I'm giving you the opportunity. So that's what I would do. Dan, I don't know if you feel the same way or if there would be some changes in the lineup. Um playing back-to-back against, you know, L.A., but you don't have to travel, so it's not like it's crazy. Um, would you make well, a change there? I I just keep going back to being a fan of guys, how Casey Middlestat played with Skinner and Alex Tuck. And there was something about – this isn't an anti-Tage Thompson thing because I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, you know, along the line of by playing Tage on a another line – you perhaps open, I'm not going to say open things up, but just you're giving other teams a look of all of a sudden they're expecting that line, as you mentioned, Marty, to be together. And all of a sudden, Tage, you've got a match somewhere. And obviously he can play well enough with someone like a Dylan Cousins 
um, you know, in, in a Quinn or a Paterka, depending what sides we're talking about and what position, whether we're centering him or winging him. But I, I don't know. I kind of liked the dog in the fight when Casey was on that line with those two. And it wouldn't be something I'd be shy about doing tonight. I don't think it would be a desperation sign because it's been done often enough, uh, you know, through necessity and at times experimentation with this group. Um, the the point you make, Marty, that it's really up to them to figure it out is not wrong. At the end of the day, uh, you look at any team and they have a top line. Uh, that's a line that you try to make sure doesn't beat you. Um, but at the same time, I think there is a depth of riches here that Buffalo has offensively. It's something that the organization's talked about and kind of prided itself on. And I think they should. Um, I think there's some other players that are kind of, as we mentioned off the top, figuring their way around how to have an impact on the game if the puck's not going in the net. You know, those three guys are there to score. That's that's it, right? End of the day, they got to put the puck in the net. I know everybody needs to, but that's that's that line. So, well, that's I think that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah, everyone so, needs to, which is why I prompt the question, because at this point, like you you said it, I mean, you're running on a racetrack, and, yeah. and, and, and you got to find ways for, I mean, Marty, how many times have you said top nine this year? And, like, it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like there's a top nine right now, you know? No, it yeah. doesn't feel like there's a top line. Uh, my last question, Dan, I'm going to go in a different position and a uh, different direction. Um, I mean, UPL was was good. He made some big saves. He was he was good in the game. Give up three, right? And you lose, right? And it's not a bad game, uh, but I would expect Levi to go tonight. Um, Levi, as I played in the NHL in a couple of weeks, went down, played a game in the uh, AHL. Um, what should we expect from you know what you've seen out of Levi in in longer absences and when he came uh, back from Rochester uh, what do you think do you think we see the same boost that he had when he went to Rochester for a couple of games and then he got on a roll is is that something that we may expect out of Devin Levi Marty that's a very unfair question <laughs> I can hope <laughs> I can hope that yes he steps in and says look I I realize that I still have things I need to prove here and that message has been not necessarily sent, but hinted at because UPL has taken the reins for a number of games. Last night, I thought the game, to Brian's point again about the first period, it just started so slow that even UPL, I remember the first save he made or second one, Rob kind of looked at me thinking, Uh-oh. he didn't look that great or comfortable The, the glove, he missed, he, yeah. he gloved it, and then it dropped in front and he swiped it away. Yeah, yes. it was just kind of one of those, oh yeah, there's a game going on here. I'm not saying he thought that way, but the way the game grew, and that's what Anaheim wants to do, they kind of want to sleepwalk you. They did the same. I keep going to the Ranger game. They slept walking through the first half of the first period. They had maybe two shots each. This one, they didn't have shots for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, UPL played well enough. I will say, safely, because I felt that way, I was surprised Devin didn't play last night. And then with the mm-hmm. atmosphere that's going to be in L.A. tonight, which is a little bit different just from a, a being their point of view. I'm not saying Devin can't handle it. It might be what he needs. I don't know. Um, I, that's kind of like what I'm thinking is like, yeah. hey, you walk into crypto.com, you look around, this is where Wayne and the Kings and LeBron and the Lakers and Kobe and all of that. Yeah. I think there's a buzz. And I think Devin usually takes that in, playing in Montreal, playing in Boston, right? And playing yeah. in those situations. So I, I expect good. I expect something really good from Levi tonight because of that. Well, I don't know, Brian probably wants to wrap this up, but I'll tell you what, that's a good point. Uh, every time we've gone into a rank save for the first time, not that Zach Benson's been a problem, but I would think for guys, you know, like Paterka and Benson and Quinn and Dylan Cousins, guys that you just want to see all of a sudden that fire kind of get lit and that confidence in their eyes again and let's go, which they've done against teams in this kind of atmosphere tonight. So 
what do I think Devin will do? Uh, I, he, I know he'll accept the challenge if he gets a start, uh, how he'll play. Um, I'm not going to predict that one. I hope it's well. Sorry, I'm just uh, looking at Wikipedia here to see um, if and confirm my belief, which is. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The fact that Wayne retired before that arena was built. So oh, just wanted to clarify, Marty, when you were rattling <laughs> off all the great names. Oh, the, the Kings, but... Uh, I know. When- it was October of 99. So Wayne finished in the 98-99 season, right? So he did not play at exactly. at that rink. Yeah, I, I was Staples. just doing a mental exercise. It had nothing to do with the There's a statue of Wayne outside, though, I believe. There's a statue of... Well, there's one there... of Dustin Brown because he won way more cups than Wayne yeah, did in L.A. Luke Robitaille, I believe, too. So there's some great names. But it, Crypto.com is a big, big like yes. stage, right? It's a fun place. It is. It is. Yeah. How it long is. it how long it remains crypto.com is is also a bigger bigger question here at this point. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dan's appearance Sabers.com uh, <laughs> Arena in LA. That's what we're gonna call it. That's, That's right. a good one. I like yeah. that one. <laughs> and Dan's appearance today brought to you by Dave's Chicken. Enjoy the game tonight, Dan. <laughs> no, we'll no, uh, no. be back after this on Sabres Live. No shit. With more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. it or are we it's actually a delayed puck drop tonight in los angeles so if you're staying up for sabers after dark it's going to be really 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 late more details on that coming up it is time for fill in the blanks sabers and kings and we start with well it's not exactly breaking news marty because like expansion has been on the tip of many people's tongue in hockey for a long time and why wouldn't it be but Utah's trying to flex its muscle with their uh, potential ownership group and submitting an application to the league, blah, blah, blah. Blank, if the name of the NHL team in Utah should be blank. Should okay, be. so they already have a team in the ACHL that's called the Utah Grizzlies, right? And I'm like Bears and stuff like that in Utah. So I did a, what is a synonym for a Grizzly? And one word that came up was silver tip. And I think that's kind of fitting, like the mountains, mm, the, the white dude, tips. That's the junior club and Western Hockey League. Everett Silvertips, been around for 30 years. I don't care. Utah Silvertip, to me, like, you, sounds good. Oh, let me guess. You're a fan of the Canadian Football League, and you want everybody called the, the Rough Riders. The, the, yeah, the Rough Riders, you know. <laughs> the, the, that's the way to go. But I'm thinking the Silvertip, I think that's a cool name. And with the mountains, right, the, the Utah Mountains and the white tops and whatever you call them, the Silvertips, I think it would be cool. Call them the Olympic. Utah Olympics? No. You know what? I will forever not uh, support the Utah 2000, Salt Lake City 2002, because it was supposed to be Quebec City 2002. And uh, then they kind of took it from us. Edmonton's win streak. uh, Blank is going to be that final number for their consecutive wins. They are currently at 14, which is fifth best all time. Yeah. And they have... um, 
They have, is it Chicago and then Nashville? I believe that. I don't what care. It is. I expect them to win every game the rest of the way. So. And then coming back from the break is Vegas. That would be for game 17. Vegas I think is- it's going to go into 19 or even 20. So they will establish a new NHL record, which is previously held by Pittsburgh from their 1992-93 season, yes. of which they won 17 straight and then bowed out unceremoniously in the playoffs in their quest for a three-peat. Yes. Okay. Le- and that was with Mike Ramsey on the squad, by the way. Um, oh. Yes. And that netted us Bob Airy here in Buffalo and didn't work out for either. Although Bob was around for the May Day moment. Um what was the other one? Oh, oh yeah, the Kings, because the coach on the other side is really ticked off. Um, the Kings will get blank out of Pierre Luc Dubois, which actually sounds like an accurate statement. Yeah, they well, that's what I was gonna say. They'll get nothing because they've tried in Columbus and they've tried in Winnipeg to, to, to put him on the pedestal and say, wake up, and it hasn't worked. So what are they gonna get from him? They'll get blank. Bandits, what you got? Nothing. Nothing. See you tonight. <laughs> T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.